five, four, three, two, one. If Energize Mixed Martial Arts Show is back, it's your boy, it's Roscoe. He's reporting live from London. So, if you're new to the Energize Mixed Martial Arts Show, where have you been all my life? And if you're a returning Energized podcast listener, welcome back. You know how we do. This week's show is going to be lit. Now, there's not a hell of a lot of mixed martial arts going on this weekend. UFC Singapore is out this weekend, but it isn't the best card. So we have plenty of other stuff to talk about. But I will give you my thoughts on the main and co-main event later on in the show. But we're going to start things off. With the main man, the man on everyone's lips, Conor McGregor. Himself and King Cody got on their PJ, aka private jet, over to New York this week and they went for their trial. They were in court for a total of two minutes, 120 seconds. I spent longer brushing my teeth than they were in the courtroom. So, This is what we found out. That a new date has been set for the trial. It's going to be the 26th of July. Now, it looks like they're going to put in a plea deal. Conor McGregor came out and put out a statement saying he regrets his actions and he wouldn't do it again. Basically, if he was given the opportunity, he'd go back and take it back. This is obviously... In case you've been living under a rock, this is Conor McGregor throwing a dolly. If you don't know what a dolly is, it's something you put on to carry stuff. It's basically a trolley with wheels through a bus window at UFC 223 in Brooklyn, New York. And he has a lot of legal troubles over this. We will see how he gets on on the 26th of July. Until then, we have no update. But that is the latest on Conor McGregor. He's actually set to meet with Dana White today, which is the 18th of June, the day I record the podcast, which will be... Yesterday, by the time you actually listen to the podcast, which comes out on the Tuesday, Energize Podcast every Tuesday. Make sure to check it out. Also, if you do like the Energize Podcast, whether it be the football show, which Barry's been doing a great job holding forward at, at home, good man Barry, or you like the Mixed Martial Arts Show with me, your boy Ross, make sure to give us a shout out on Instagram, give us five stars on um, iTunes, tell your friends. It's only the best show in town. And also, big shout out to Barry for arranging the Energize T-shirt competition giveaway. It was on the World Cup. Uh, loads and loads of entries. I think there was like 60 or 70 entries in total. We're very aware that one or two people entered after the competition deadline closed. And the big Ronaldo was top goal scorer after he scored a hat-trick. Don't worry. We know who those guys are. We're not silly. Um, but from... The Conor McGregor court case. One man stole the show. His name, Robbie Fox from Barstool. It's a sort of sports show over in America. He was standing outside the courtroom with a free Conor McGregor sign. And in his worst Irish accent, he was like, They'll do fucking nothing. Let the champ champ do what the champ champ wants. It was absolutely hilarious. Um... I don't think I've ever seen someone support someone so much with zero logic whatsoever. 
But he actually did a vlog on the whole thing. And then he actually met Conor McGregor at a restaurant later on in the day. Uh, I've never seen someone so happy. But I'm still not too sure whether this was him actually being very happy that he met Conor McGregor. Or was one big troll and he was actually feeling all of us. But that seems to be the latest on the Conor McGregor updates. Uh, if anything happens in the meantime or word comes out on the Dana White meeting, we will let you all know. However, who knows if that meeting's going to happen today. Every time Connor and Dana are scheduled to meet, it seems to be pushed back. I don't know if that's just because they're both busy or conflicting schedules, what it is. But that seems to be the case with them two. So another thing that happened uh, this week was the return of UFC Dana White Contender Series. Now, myself and Barry, we love the Contender Series. It is way better than the Ultimate Fighter. And it is way better than Dana White looking for a fight. Um, on, this, on the first episode of season, I think season three now they're on. Or could be season two, I'm not too sure. They had Greg, Greg Hardy fighting. Greg Hardy is a former NFL player. I'm not too sure what position he played. He's a big dog anyway. He's fighting the heavyweight division. And he was fighting a fella called Lane, who was also a former NFL uh, player as well. Uh, there's a lot of controversy around Greg Hardy because he was actually charged at one stage with assault and battery on a woman. Now, all the charges were dropped and he was never convicted of anything. But it's just one of those things where once you're accused of something like that, it's very hard to let that wash, if that makes sense. You can't really like shake off that name. Your name sort of tarnished forever. Whether you did it or not, once you're accused of it and someone believes you've done it, well then they're going to view you differently forever. So Dana White's come out and spoke about it and says it's going to be very hard for him to shake it, but he was never convicted of anything of it, so it would be bad if we sort of held against him. But I think even in a court of law, I've been watching this show called The Staircase. It's on Netflix, and it's a really good special. If you've seen it, definitely drop me a, a DM on Instagram because it's about this guy whose wife allegedly falls down the staircase. Now, he said he fell down the staircase, and the government tried to say he beat his wife up and left her at the end at the bottom of the staircase. He also married someone previously in Germany, or was with someone previously in Germany, and the same thing happened. They found her at the bottom of the staircase, which is highly coincidental, which also makes the story very sketchy. And basically, he was saying, basically, no matter what he does, he'll always, someone's going to think he killed his wife. So, you're sort of trial by media nowadays. Um, basically, what they say is, in a court of law, you're found not guilty. You're not found innocent, if that makes sense. So, they don't say at the end of the trial, that person's innocent. They say that person's not guilty. So, you don't actually ever get full innocence, to be honest. Yeah, also, with Dana White Contender Series, you have Nick Newell fighting. Now, if you don't know who Nick Newell is, he actually only has one arm. He's, well, he's sort of one and a half arms. He, his second arm only goes to his elbow. And he used to fight in World Series of Fighting. He's actually fought for the World Series of Fighting lightweight championship against Justin Gaethje when Justin Gaethje was there. And... I'm sure if you're listening to the Energized Mixed Martial Arts show, you know who Justin Gaethje is. He puts on fight night every time he fights. And if you don't know who Justin Gaethje is, just go to YouTube and 
you'll probably go down a rabbit hole and see every Justin Gaethje fight of all time. He is must-see TV. So Nick Newell is getting a shot. Dana White was very, very apprehensive about letting him fight in the UFC first time around. Uh, just because he knows what the story is. If you put in a guy with half an arm and he gets head kicked, knocked out, people are going to be like, that's a disgrace for UFC, you let him fight. Uh, but if he goes on and win, it's almost like he's a charity case. Now, I've seen Nick Newell fight. He actually is quite a high-level mixed martial artist, so I think he deserves the, deserves a shot. Will he beat anyone in the top 15 in the UFC lightweight division? Probably not. He's also fought a welterweight, so I assume he's going to try and fight a lightweight in the UFC because I don't think he'd fare too well at welterweight. So I really wish Nick Newell the best. I hope he does really well. I'm very, very excited to see him fight. And then in the main event of Dana White Contender Series, this guy called Chris Curtis fight. Now, I'd never seen who he was beforehand. But he delivered this hook kick. If you don't know what hook kick is, it's basically like some doing sweet chin music. And he knocks his pound out in the third round. He looked very, very good. However, for whatever reason, Dana White decided not to give him a UFC contract. And because he didn't get the UFC contract, he actually retired. He said he can't afford to stay on as a mixed martial artist. Which is actually terribly upsetting to see. So... Hopefully, Dana White might change his mind and give Chris Curtis a UFC contract because that would actually be dreadful to see him retire from mixed martial arts just because he didn't get a UFC contract. Um, me and Barry were actually talking about how good Dana White Contender Series is. It's almost like an audition to get into the UFC. and It's much better than the Ultimate Fighter. Next season, the Ultimate Fighter. So this season, you currently have Miocic and DC which is the undefeated season, which, to be honest, I've only seen two episodes, and it's grand, like, it's like any other season, the Ultimate Fire. No one really cares that much about it anymore. And next season's going to be the last one, and it's going to be women's featherweights. Chris Seiberg per, uh, herself went out and checked out the competition for the UFC featherweights. Realistically, I hope it's just not going to be a lot of UFC bantamweights or... Ho- UFC hopefuls who are bantamweights compete in the featherweight division go in there win the ultimate fighter get smashed by Cyborg and then go down to bantamweight uh, that seems to be the growing trend for UFC bantamweights trying to get into the UFC and then the other uh, bunch of contestants are going to be UFC heavyweight hopefuls so everyone loves heavyweights the big dogs let's be honest like what isn't there to like about two very large men going in there to knock each other out I'm a massive fan. And Barry loves what he calls the big dogs. So it'll be great to see the heavyweights get back out there. Uh, they haven't done a UFC or a heavyweight contestant show since UFC... Or sorry, the Ultimate Fighter 10, which was coached by Rampage versus Rashad. That was on with Kimbo, uh, Kimbo Slice in it. Um, Brennan Chab was actually in that one. He got to the final and lost to big country Roy Nelson. Also, Matt Mitrione was in that one. So if you actually think about it, you had three quite decent UFC heavyweights who were all in the top 10 at one stage. And then you also had Kimbo Slice who, whether you loved him or hated him, you made sure you watched him. So it'd be good to see the heavyweights get back in there. And hopefully there's not too many heavyweights from previous years in there. Hopefully there's some new young up-and-comer guys because that'd be far more interesting to see. Um, 
the results for UFC 225 pay-per-view boys came out. And apparently they were very, very low. Apparently it was only 200,000 or so pay-per-view boys. Uh, when you look at the name recognition on the card, it's a bit shocking really. You sort of thought, oh, maybe... That, like that was the card of the year so far. They were the, the best fighters on the card. And I thought it would have at least done, you know, four or 500,000. Uh, realistically, being from Ireland, it's a bit harder to get a feel on the hype for a pay-per-view card. Obviously, when McGregor's on the pay-per-view cards, there's always massive hype. But I thought this one was going to be a large proportion of hype. Maybe because Yoel Romero missed weight and the main event wasn't actually a title fight. Less people actually bought the card. I only just thought of that right now as I'm talking. So that could have actually been a massive factor in the boy rate, the fact that the main event wasn't actually for the title. Um, me and Barry spoke about this, and in hindsight, the heavyweight fights probably should have been reversed. Uh, Tojo Yvasa fought Andre Arlovsky on the main card of the pay-per-view, and then Curtis Blades and Alistair Overeem fought on the headline of the prelims. Now, realistically, you can make an argument that Alistair Overeem was probably the biggest star of UFC 225. Other arguments you can make is maybe Holly Holm. Um, CM Punk obviously is like has a massive, massive following. And then maybe Colby Covington because he's probably the most talked about fighter on the card. So they were sort of the big four stars of the show. And when you put potentially the largest one on the prelims, just because you're trying to... I actually don't really know why you put him there. Because if you're trying to hype Taito Ivasa, you could have put him and Arlovsky on the last fight, the undercard, and people would got more people probably would have got to see Taito Ivasa. Obviously, they're trying to hype Curtis Blades as well. And when you're having two top five UFC heavyweights fight against each other, they should be on the main card of a pay-per-view instead of having the ninth fight, the 11th. I'm just throwing out their UFC rankings, but it's not far from that. I know, obviously, they've changed now. I think they swapped places, I think, going into it. They, one was 9, the other was 11, but... In terms of Alistair Overeem, you pay him such a massive paycheck, he should be on the main card of the pay-for-you. That's the way I look at it. Uh, obviously, they were targeting this card towards the Australian audience as well. Megan Anderson, Tai Tuvesa, Robert Whitaker, all fighting on the um, main card. Who knows, maybe the pay-per-view did well in Australia, but I don't think the North American numbers were that healthy. Um, speaking about that main card, obviously uh, CM Punk first, Mike Jackson went down. Um, look, I spoke about it last week, uh, but Joe Rogan came out this week as well and said CM Punk has to be done. He, can, he can't fight. And that's just it. Like, a stand-up game's no good. No cardio. He's just not an athletic human being. He's 39 now, and he needs to call it a day. And then, obviously, Dana White had some choice words for Mike Jackson, said he's cut from the UFC. So, it looks like Mike Jackson is going to just fight celebrities from now on. So, Aaron Chalmers, our mate, or Aaron Jordy Shore, called out Mike Jackson and said he'd fight Mike Jackson next, which would be a great fight to make. For Bellator. Because if he's going to get cut by the UFC, Mike Jackson, he might as well go off to Bellator and fight their next big 
sort of non-fighting celebrity. Well, not non-fighting because Aaron Tamers does fight. Aaron Tamers is, I think he's 5-0 and at the moment or 4-0 and over in Bellator. Well, on his, in his mixed martial arts career, he's 4-5-0. or five and oh. He's won one fight in Bellator. Um, see him fight Mike Jackson. I'd be entertained by it. Mike Jackson showed like better hand work than CM Punk. I don't know whether his hands would be much better than Aaron Tamers or not. But I'd be very, very interested to see it. Why not? Why don't Mike Jackson just fight whichever celebrity wants to have a fight? I, I watch it like it's one of those things where you know you're not getting very good high quality mixed martial arts but it's interesting enough Mike Jackson should be the pedestal for celebrities to fight I, I, don't, I don't care if they're all fought at catchweights either I'd be interested to see how it goes down then you have uh, other fights announced this week where Ally Aquinta is going to fight Justin Gaethje so get, get the food at the ready don't go to the bathroom during this one um, this one's going to be one and a half rounds of absolute pure and utter war. And I'd say after the first seven or eight minutes, someone won't be standing anymore. If you've ever seen Aloy Quinta fight, he fought Khabib at UFC 223 in the main event. In fairness, he's given Khabib probably the best fight that he's had in the last five or six opponents. And that's very impressive on his behalf. And then you have Justin Gaethje, who... I'm just going to go out there and say it. He's probably the most entertaining fighter in mixed martial arts at the moment. Although in saying that, what I'm about to say next is <laughs> MVP, who probably actually is the most entertaining fighter in mixed martial arts at the moment, but he doesn't actually get hit. Uh, won in boxing the other day, so it was great to see MVP get another win in the boxing column. And I actually can't wait to see him fight in mixed martial arts again. I think him and Paul Daly should definitely throw down in the Bellator cage. For one, why not? Uh, for two, like who would not want to see that? Uh, Paul Daly's absolutely vicious on the feet, and the two guys don't like each other. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. MVP versus Paul Daly. I've said it a few times now, but Scott Coger, get on the phone quick. So, speaking of boxing, we had. A massive event during the week, which a lot of you might not or may not or may have or may not have seen. But before we do that, I'm gonna get breakdown UFC Singapore. So here it is. Not that many people have been asked me to break down UFC Singapore, because most people don't know who's actually on the card. So I'm gonna break down the two fights at the top of the card. And we'll start off in the co main event. We have Poison Pedro. Fighting Ovin St. Peru. Tyson Pedro is 7-1. He's ranked number 13 in the UFC light heavyweight division. He is a <clears throat> Aussie boy. He's got big heavy knockout power in his hands. Good submission skills on the ground. Um, he's going to go up against Ovin St. Peru. Ovin St. Peru is probably the best athlete in the light heavyweight division. Explosive power. I'll never forget seeing him beat uh, Corey Anderson by head kick knockout at UFC 217 in New York. Both these guys only have one common opponent, and it's Alir Latifi, and they both lost in first round submissions to Alir Latifi. If you haven't seen Alir Latifi, he is an absolute monster. He almost looks like Quasimodo, I'd say. Uh, he's like big hulk of a fella. Very, very impressive. He wants he wants a title fight with DC next, so he says 
Whether I'll get it or not, I highly doubt it. But that's who he wants next. So, if I have to pick, I'm going to pick OSP. He's fought better competition. He's gone five rounds against John Jones. Um, he went the distance with Volcan before. I think he's just a better fighter. He also has uh, a few knockouts on his resume as well. He knocked out Shogun before as well. So, I'm going to say... Oven St. Peru, he's done it on the bigger skate stage more often than not from Tyson Pedro. And if I'm honest, I've seen more of his fights, so therefore I believe in OSP more. So moving on to the main event of the evening. We have Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Yeehaw! Versus our mate, Leon Edwards. This is number 11. Don Cowboy Cerrone fighting number 13, Leon Edwards. Now, for those of you who don't know, me and Barry met Leon Edwards at Bama there recently with Aaron Chalmers. Leon Rocky Edwards looked absolutely incredible when he fought against Peter Sabata in London last. He actually tied uh, for the latest finish in a three-round fight. He knocked out Sabata. Uh, 4 minutes 59 seconds of the third round. It was highly impressive. He is won, he's won his last six fights in a row, which is actually, or maybe it's five fights, five or six fights in a row, and he's on like the list of people who've won the most fights in a row at welterweight division. He's up there with Kamara Usman, Colby Covington, Darren Till. He's a force to be reckoned with, and he's sort of flying under the radar a bit, but... At the press conference when they were announcing all these fights last time out, he really did put his name out there. He's he, it, The funny thing about him is he actually also has one of the fastest knockouts in UFC history as well. Uh, quite funny enough, both opponents were actually Polish. He also knocked out Seth Pazinski after eight seconds in the UFC back in 2015. So from the first second of the fight to the last second of the fight, Leon Edwards is in there for the finish. He is a very, very impressive specimen. His last UFC loss was to Kamara Usman. So, like, he's fighting some top-level top competition. Uh, he's fighting Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Now, I don't really know where Cerrone's going with his career at the moment. This isn't really a good fight for him to take. In his last fight, he knocked out Yancey Medeiros. And the knockout was absolutely brilliant. He had Yancey Medeiros doing the absolute chicken legs in the middle of the octagon. But prior to that, he went on a three-fight losing streak. The first three-fight losing streak of his entire career. He lost Masvidal, Robbie Lawler, and then Taron Till. Two by knockout. And I just think that in fighting someone like Leon Edwards, I think Leon Edwards is quite smart. Fights have a good camp. His brother Fabian's on a win streak at the moment. Aaron Chalmers even won there of late. Uh, Tom Breeze won there as of late. And... I think he's just going to go to the liver. He knows that's where Cowboy's li- uh, weak. And I feel he's going to go there early and often. And I'm going to go Leon Edwards, second round TKO over Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, if I was Cerrone, I'd implement a very he- uh, wrestle-heavy game. And it's almost disappointing to see Cowboy still fighting at welterweight. I feel like he should probably go back down to lightweight. He's got some really good wins at lightweight as well. He's beaten Edson Barboza, Eddie Alvarez, Ben Henderson. Evan Dunham, many more. Like, he's really beaten some of the t- 
top guys down lightweight. And he's not had that success at welterweight. Yeah, he did start off very strong at welterweight. He won four in a row. Uh, all by all by stoppage as well. But when it comes to the very upper echelon, I don't think he gets the job done. And I think Leon Rocky Edwards is ready to move into the upper echelon of uh, the UFC welterweight division. So therefore, I'm going to go with Leon Rocky Edwards for the win. Also, he's our mate. So... Our mates always do go are, are are doing really well as of late, so I expect Leon Edwards to get the win. So I'm not going to even lie to you. I almost forgot to do the UFC Singapore portion of the card. Uh, don't ask me how I almost forgot to do it, but I did. Uh, that's how uninterested I am in the card, bar the main event. Uh, it's one of those ones where I'll probably record it, um, watch it the next day, or I'll get up just to watch the main event because the rest of the fights just aren't that great. There's a solid like minimum 10 fighters who have never, ever seen before fighting on the card. Uh, obviously, it's based towards the Asian market, so if you're interested in watching the Asian market of the UFC, or maybe, maybe there'll be some rising stars coming out of the card, well, then give it a look. But other fighters who are fighting on the card, who I know who they are, and I'm looking forward to seeing, is actually the first fight of the night. Ulka Sasaki is fighting on the cards. He, he, he's he been quite good at flyweight, so maybe look out for him. And then Jake Matthews is also fighting on the card. Uh, Jake Matthews is the youngest ever winner of the Ultimate Fighter. He won the tough smashes, and he's moved up to welterweight as of late. And in fairness, he does look very impressive. He's still very, very young. He uh, has been trying, he's like, he's trained before with John Jones, so I don't know what more you want from him. And ever since he gone back to welterweight, he is undefeated. So it'd be interesting to see how Jake Matthews gets on there. But like I said before, don't worry about it. Um, should be good to watch. And now, after thinking about it, I need to retract my statement because Jake Matthews did not win the tough smashes. He wasn't in that season. He was in the Ultimate Fighter Nation season against Canada. Ross Pearson won the tough smash season. I don't know why I thought that. And if I'm not mistaken, he actually didn't win the Ultimate Fighter Nations because Elias Theodori won the men's one. And I think Chadler Priest won, or sorry, the middleweight one, not the men's one. And the welterweight one was won by Chadler Priest. So excuse me, I was wrong on that one. Don't hate me. So. There was what could potentially be the largest fight in boxing history. There was a press conference on for it during the week. And if you don't know who these guys are, maybe look them up. We have KSI, he's a YouTube gamer, and his brother Deji are going to fight against Logan Paul and Jake Paul. Now, if you don't know who any of those are, you might know who Logan Paul is. He was the guy who went into the suicide forest over in Asia and recorded the dead guy on YouTube. I'm sure you probably heard about this. He's going to fight KSI, who's a British gamer. Uh, KSI has fought once before. He's the only one of the four who has fought. He fought Joe Weller in the YouTube internet belt. That's what I'm going to call it, the YouTube internet belt. And he is the current champion. He defeated Joe Weller in the third round by TKO. Now, I've actually seen KSI do training with Michael Bisping. So, KSI 
is probably the favour for this one. Although Logan Paul is much larger in size, and then Jake Paul is more much larger in size than Deji. It was originally supposed to be Jake Paul versus KSI, but Jake Paul wouldn't fight him. So now Deji's fighting Jake Paul, and Logan Paul is fighting KSI. I don't know what the world's come to, but this is very interesting. And just to give you um, a bit of background into how big these people are, in terms of YouTube followers, KSI has over 18 million. Uh, Logan Paul has over 17 million, but he has another channel, I think, with another 4 or 5 million on it. Uh, Jake Paul has 15 million, and Deji has 9 million. So there's going to be an awful, awful lot of people watching the fight. This could be the most watched boxing match of all time which is sort of scary to think. And they had a press conference there. So I started off with Shannon Briggs. And Shannon Briggs is, let's go, champ. If you've never seen that, like, I'm sure if you're listening to the MMA show, you know who Shannon Briggs is. Let's go, champ. He was hosting the press conference. Yeah, Deji come out first and Jake Paul come out first. Uh, Jake Paul was wearing this absolutely awful um, suit. Um, for whatever reasons, the... Paul Brothers kept on shouting, Walmart! I, I don't know why they kept on shouting Walmart. Maybe they're sponsored by Walmart. Who knows? But they were fighting, or they those two were fighting first, and then KSI came out. Logan Paul came out. KSI slagged uh, Logan Paul for doing the video about the suicide thing, and then Logan Paul said, KSI's bandana smelled, which it probably does. And they pushed each other a little bit. I don't know. I'm going to watch the fight, obviously, um, because I'm talking about it on here. But I have no idea what my take on the actual press conference is. Shannon Briggs did a terrible job at hosting it. He just kept on repeating whatever the other person said. But I think you should go watch the press conference and then come back to me and tell me what you think about it. But in my opinion, it was a bit of a farce. But then again, it's going to get loads of views. So that's the world we live in now. And I'm actually excited to see who's going to be the internet YouTube boxing champion. I wonder, is the winner going to call out like Casey Neidstadt or PewDiePie or whoever else is available? Also in boxing news, it was announced last week, I spoke about it, that Deontay Wilder uh, has accepted the terms to fight Joshua, Anthony Joshua in England. However, no sort of headway has been made on that since. So I'm not too sure whether they just agreed for a location to be London or Manchester or whether they actually agreed, or maybe even Cardiff, or whether they actually agreed to splitting up the purse. So it would be interesting to see how that one goes because that's probably going to be the biggest heavyweight boxing fight of all time. And I know you're going to tell me like Ali versus Foreman or Tyson versus Lewis, but I'm talking about money, gate, viewers, uh, internet hype, etc, etc. Like, things are only going to get bigger in the generation we live in. They're not going to get smaller. Also, Katie Taylor is scheduled to fight on the 28th of July uh, against some girl called Connor in the O2 in London. Uh, so, we're looking forward to that. Anytime Katie Taylor fights, it's always good for the Energized podcast. Uh, we love getting behind our, our own, as you all know. And then, speaking of getting on behind our, all our own... Uh, Big shout out at the end to the Irish rugby team who beat Australia in the second test down under. So this series is tied one to one and I'm really looking forward to the third test. So I think that's sort of all 
for the latest Energize Mixed Martial Arts show. Like always, like the show. Gives a five-star review on iTunes. Gives the thumbs up or heart on SoundCloud, whatever they call it. And as always, stay energized.